my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. iHeartRadio presents Podversations, a weekly discussion with the biggest names and influencers in podcasting. Want to learn the secret psych-up ritual scrub stars Zach Braff and Donald Faison use before every fake doctor's real friends taping? How Vice News parachutes into war zones to rescue journalists from life-threatening situations? Or why Keegan-Michael Key and Blumhouse believe 3D audio is the future of storytelling? Whether you're a newbie trying to break into the podcast game or an exec trying to refine your playbook, Podversations is the easiest way to keep your pulse on the industry. Hey, everybody, and thanks so much for joining for another awesome session of the iHeart Podcast Network Speaker Series. This is the moment in every week where I get to stop down and talk with one of our partners, a creator that we are in business with in partnership. And today is a very special session for us. It's our own Enrique Santos. Enrique is sort of an amazing creator here at iHeart, period. He's the chairman and chief creative officer of iHeart Latino, but he's also the head of and majority owner of a new podcast network that we put out there into the world called My Cultura. We launched this three or four months ago, announced it maybe four or five months ago. There's a lot behind this network, how we got to that moment where we decided to build this uh, with you and Enrique and, and how we decided to build it and put it out there into the world. Took a lot of thought and we learned a lot of things about how Latinx creators are treated, viewed in the world, in podcasting, et cetera. So we're going to talk through a lot of that today, but sort of urgently today, you're using this new network to launch a new show. 
SOS Cuba. And I want to sort of segue into that too, as we have this conversation. So first of all, Enrique, thank you so much for hanging out with me today to talk through this. Uh, it means a lot. Thank you, Connor. Always great to talk to you. And everyone just needs to know the reason why we launched My Cultura is so that we can better Connell's Espanol. He said, my cultura, you're speaking it very well. Muy bien, amigo. Lo estás hablando casi perfecto. so hard. I never know if I should just lean in and go nuts or if I'm going to get laughed at. No one is going to laugh at you. They should. They really should. So listen, I think one of the coolest things about podcasting is no one started out as a podcaster. We all come from other mediums. You clearly come from the medium of broadcast radio, but even prior to that, I think your story, even before audio, is super interesting because it means you bring to bear a lot of experience to this world of audio storytelling that we all call a day job. Where do you come from? What's your background? My life experience comes from the streets, not from the streets like a rapper would say, you know, drug dealing or, you know, and trying to survive in the streets in the sense that playing in the streets of Miami and then becoming a, a police officer and, you know, they always say I have street smarts, right? Just real life, you know, issues that, you know, all kids go through and, and anywhere USA or anywhere really in the world. But growing up, you know, as a Cuban American, living in both worlds, you know, speaking to my friends in English, but home, mom and dad speaking in Spanish. And I thank them for that because it's thanks to them that I am fully bicultural and, and bilingual. And thanks to this amazing country that opened its arms, you know, to my parents and grandparents that I was privileged to have been born here. So all my life, all I ever wanted to do was become a police officer. And uh, I was a police explorer and then a 911, you know, dispatcher. And then from there into the police academy, became a police officer and kind of by mistake, well, it wasn't a mistake. Everything in life happens for a reason, as they say. Called the radio station. The guy that picked up was the program director. We became friends. He tested it, put me on the radio. I love what he what I did. He liked what I sounded like. And one thing led to another. And uh, here I am 20 plus years later, you know, with an awesome career in, in broadcasting. But I'm not very good talking about myself. <laughs> Connell's good at getting conversation out of me. Man, I just think that, you know, I'm a product of my environment. And what a great... I'm not saying it hasn't been hard. It's been very rough for me and everything that I have, I've had to work for. And that's why I'm very proud of, of what I have, a very strong work ethic, watching my dad, you know, work in several jobs to make ends meet. You know, I've been working since I was 13, 14 years old with the family business and then, and then onto, onto other things, but it just moving and, and just doing things and inspiring other people. Right. So I'm just privileged right now to be in a great position where I'm at with my show. That's an, you know, syndicated Spanish show. And then I also have a syndicated English show and then I run the entire operation, like you just mentioned, for iHeart Latino and all of our initiatives going forward, our temple, our Latino temple here in the company, the iHeart Radio Fiesta Latina that I produce and host every year that I'm very, I'm very proud of. And at the same time, I'm able to still give back to my community as a reserve police officer with the city of Miami. And now with this awesome new venture with My Cultura Podcast Network, just being able to, to bring great people to the plate and being able to do the same thing that was done for me. For others, give other people the spotlight, the opportunity and the microphone to connect. So the one thing you touched on twice there was this dual life. Spanish and English is the most obvious way to put that, but it's also a dual life culturally, personality wise. The way I relate to that is my parents came to the United States in the 60s from Ireland. And I often felt like not to the extent of a Latino in the United States, because I think the differences are more extreme and harder to overcome, candidly, 
But for me, I still felt the difference of my public life and my family life. And sometimes I felt embarrassed that I'd have to cover up for my mom and dad's accent or the fact that they didn't know what it meant to be American. They didn't know what football meant, something totally different to them. And sometimes it was a source of pride. Sometimes it was a a source of embarrassment. What was that dual life for you growing up? And this is the last question I promise on you personally, but I think it drives a lot of the spirit of my cultura is a lot of, I mean, it's in the name. It's my is English, cultura is Spanish. This duality that I think Latinx creators have to live in their lives. What was that like for you as a kid? Very similar to what you're describing and how interesting that something you know, you mentioned the accent to try to fit in, you know, and I think we all go through that as we watch our parents and our grandparents assimilate, right? And we try to embrace our culture, but at the same time, accept the country that we, you know, we live in for, uh, for, for Latinos or for any immigrant, right? It's not uncommon to hold the very, and it might be difficult for someone who's not bicultural to understand this, but it, to, to me, it's just not not a big deal. It's just second nature to me. And I'm sure it's become second nature to you that you can stand up and feel proud for that when the Irish national anthem plays and when the American national anthem plays. So Latinos in the, in the same context. Yeah, I remember, listen, I remember as a kid being, you know, 12, 13, 14, you know, my dad playing his Spanish music. And it wasn't cool because none of my friends listened to that. And that's not the music that I was, it wasn't the cool music to listen to. And it wasn't until, you know, I remember it, the first time I got my driver's license, as a matter of fact, I remember being in the car and being able to drive mom or dad's car and jam into the radio. And I started to, wow, like gravitate to my roots secretly. So my parents wouldn't hear me listening to the music that I criticized. Dad, turn that down years prior. Now, all of a sudden I started finding, you know, this music was cool. And then I didn't want to have it on too loud because if I pulled up to a car next to me and they were, I wasn't listening to popular you know, or urban music or rap music. And then they heard me listening to salsa, merengue or reggaeton. You know, I was like, what? You seem alien to certain different people. I actually had a, a professor from the Florida International University listen to my show a couple years back. And they contacted us because they did a an assignment listening to her students. She had the her students listen to, uh, you know, a week of my show and then re- do a, a report on the show. She says that I do something that's called glossing. And I didn't even know what was the thing. But it's basically, it's, you're translating in real time. You're able to explain to people what's happening. I'm probably not explaining it right. I'm probably messing it up. But it's where you say just the right amount of translation that yeah. people can understand what's going on. So that's fascinating how you do that and how you can switch back and forth to English and Spanish. And again, that's only thanks to my to my parents. And it's a blessing, again, to be bicultural and live in such a special moment. Hey, two languages, three languages. I admire people that speak, you know, four or five languages. It's it's amazing. The more languages you can speak, the better how, and just how many more opportunities. But yeah, definitely, I don't feel it as much now. When I was a kid growing up, trying to assimilate, trying to find people that sounded like me, that talked like me, that found what I found interesting. And it was quite difficult for me. And that's why I feel it's kind of like, I owe it back, you know, to everyone else and to the new generations that they have someone that they can identify with. Oh, okay, Enrique thinks like I think. Enrique talks like I talk and lives like like I talk. And that's exactly what I try to do every day on my radio programs and what we're trying to do and we're having a lot of success with, thank God, with My Cultura Podcast Network. Very excited to all the new you know, subscribers that we have on the network and all the great shows that, that we have out and the ones that are still to come. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. 
Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. It's interesting, like these things that as a kid feel like challenges later in life become competitive advantages where you feel like you learn that other folks just didn't. You learn how to cope that turns into a new tool. But let's get into Michael Tura. So maybe a year ago now, we started this idea of in podcasting, there is a case of underrepresentation. What does that mean in sort of plain speak? It means that Creators who are not white are rare. And this is almost across the board. It is, for me, maybe most striking with Latinx creators. Maybe because almost 20% of the United States population is Latinx. In podcasting, it's actually the fastest growing ethnicity of new podcast listeners is Latinx. It has 6 x over the last decade, the amount of Latinx listeners in podcasting. It's like all data points, all research points toward more Latinx creators should be in podcasting because the audience is jumping in. A lot of the, uh, the sort of underbelly of that research or data that we saw was that a lot of Latinx listeners who were finding podcasts were actually turning away because they would test it, look at the medium, and it didn't felt like it was speaking to them. This is the biggest miss you can have as a medium. But let me ask a broader question, because this isn't just a podcasting story. This is an all entertainment and media story. I mean, 
one of the stats I saw when we were talking about building this new network was only 5% of leading roles in TV and film are held by Latinx people against a population of almost 20% with no data to back up that a Latinx star doesn't drive box office or anything like that. You just end up in consternation. It's hard to understand why. So it's an unfair and very big, broad question. But why do we underrepresent in media? What are we afraid of? That's a very good and complicated question. What are we afraid of? Listen, I'm not afraid of people. I'm not afraid of growth. I don't think there's an answer to that unless we really dig down to the deep. You know, we start pulling some layers back and it's a racial problem. A lot of people are just are afraid. You look at the last numbers in the census and you see where Latinos are, are growing. And that intimidates a lot of people that don't speak the language or that aren't like us. And, you know, we are driving a lot of industries, like you just mentioned. And but we're also driving your Uber and your, you know, and your Postmates. And we're also driving now the conversation. I think that's what important. You nailed it right on the head. You know, it's important that we tell our own stories. You don't want anyone else telling your story. You tell your truth. You connect with your people. And that's what gives you credibility. And that's where you have that special connection. You know, for years, there's been this thing. We'll get off topic when it comes to podcasting. We'll go back to radio, right? Where I started, where I still am. We still have so many Latinos that listen. People have been saying, since I started radio 20 something years ago, Connell, I remember people saying, ah, radio's dead. No one listens to that. Why at the contrary? Mm. And much more so for Latino radio. Mm. Latinos are looking for a friend, they're looking for compañía, they're looking for a, that companion, someone that they, hey, that's my friend. And, and Latinos are loyal, loyal to brands, they're loyal to people and to connections. You know, that's why our novelas, right? You see our novelas and when our grandparents, you see the novelas, like, Carl, mi amigo, no me has llamado en tantos años. Why haven't you FaceTimed me in more than 20 years, Carl? You don't love me anymore. That's one word that always strikes me. It hits me in the gut every time. Latinos say it doesn't matter what country, Latino country from, they'll say it to you all the time. And our abuelas and our father says, I could have talked to my dad yesterday. And my dad's, we're so dramatic. He'll call me, Enriquito, ya tú no me amas. Tú no llamas a nadie. You don't love me anymore. You don't call anybody. Dad, I spoke to you yesterday. So that connection is so, it's all about connection. Very different than Irish. They're like, what's wrong? What'd you break? <laughs> oh, okay. So when the Irish call you, they think you're calling for something because you need something. See, Latinos, when they call you, they're complaining. You're yeah. calling them, and on top of the fact you're calling them, they're complaining that you haven't called them enough. If that ever makes any sense. With podcasting, it's the same thing. We have that connection, that human connection that we all have as humans. Of course, but Latinos, again, are very, you know, they miss home as immigrants. They miss their people. We're very, very, very close to our culture, my cultura, to our cultura, very close to, you know, to family. One of the biggest things in a Latino household that would be one of the biggest stressors is, you know, putting you know, your grandmother or your father in a nursing home. That's like, that's like a bad word. And in other cultures, it's much more acceptable. You know, having your kids leave the house when you're 18. What? If you could, if you're 40 and still need to come home, mom's got a bed for you. And she's not going to complain. She'll always want to cook for you and, you know, and clean after you. You know, those there's cultural differences that still stay true still, still today. LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start.
L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Some of the stuff we're trying to capture in this podcast network that you built in my cultura is a lot of those elements of radio that are truly amazing, like that companionship element of broadcast radio where it's more than just live streamed music. It's actually having a friend in your ear. We're trying to capture that in podcasting generally, but certainly in my cultura. And it felt like maybe across the last 12 months, maybe about halfway through it, it felt like a headwind turned into a tailwind. We started to get momentum on this network, meaning more and more people were jumping into the mission, if you will, and contributing shows and ideas. And two easy examples, because they're just awesome, are Amala La Negra and the Estefans, both friends of yours. Maybe just talk through both of those creators and just how that went, how getting them into the network went, what those conversations were like. Listen, with the Estefans is a perfect fit. You know, when I started in radio 20 something years ago, I was considered a shock jock. Many people actually, a Newsweek magazine, I remember did an article and they compared me to, they call me the Spanish Howard Stern. Mm. Things have changed, things have evolved. When I got into radio, I didn't know anybody. I had no friends. So it wasn't like, don't talk about this person. Make sure you talk well about this person. You know, I didn't have friends who were calling me to say, hey, please play my music. I was just Enrique Santos and everyone's scratching their head. What is this guy? I was doing prank calls back then and I started, you know, I left, parked my police car and took over a radio microphone. We made radio history doing prank calls to Fidel Castro and to, and to Hugo Chavez. And we really, you know, shook things up. And I remember one of the first people that, of course, I knew and that I respected that actually reached out on his own. Not any of my doing. He did it on his own. It was Emilio Estefan. He called me up. He said, Enrique, I'll never forget these words. Connell, he said to me, there's, there's so many people out there trying to divide us. Don't be that guy that has this platform and does not use it wisely do things that bring us together do things that help lift latinos and wow that's like a filter that now i use every single day every time i open a mic every time i I post something on social media every time i'm in an interview that i have emilio's voice always bouncing in my head because he made so much sense and that i've carried that with me that's been very important so the estefans are like family you know and especially to see these women the Estefans, you know, Emily and Lily and Gloria, of course, Emily's mom sit there and discuss these topics that are so important, so real. And to be able to share them now on the My Cultura Podcast Network, Red Table Talk, the Estefans, very, very important. And Amara La Negra. Wow. So, you know, Amara, very, very interesting. Amara, first, she was a model. Mm. And she was probably one of the first 
little black girls that appeared on this Latino show that made history in the United States, the longest running Spanish game show in Spanish television history. Of course, I didn't know her back then, but I remember afterwards, you know, you see pictures now, Amara was like, wow, she's so cute, she's so beautiful, but nothing ever happened. After that, I know when I when I did meet her, she told me, remember that little black girl on Sal Gigante years back? I said, no, I didn't even know you did Sal Gigante. She shows me the videos. Wow. And then she just showed me the commercials she's done and then the modeling and how people kind of like, oh, it's, the, you know, it's a cute little black girl, but it didn't go beyond that. I got the opportunity to host a TV show for Unimas. It's a sister network of the Univision, uh, Univision, El Palenque de Enrique Santos. And I brought Amara La Negra to co-host the show with me. And I'm, I'll never forget this. And I have apologized to Amara for it because I think it was wrong. That Univision for, they, they probably had the best of intentions. They didn't intend on it. I don't believe that their intent was to discriminate. Mm. But in them trying to be so politically correct and their standards and practices, they would not allow Amara La Negra to use her name. Oh, wow. Because Amara La Negra is literally Amara la, the Black. Yeah. No, no, that's too controversial. So it was just Amara and they mm. struck out La Negra. I didn't say much of it because Amara was okay with it and we went forward. But now I look back, I said, I think that was a big mistake because that was your name, Amara La Negra. I think you should have embraced it. And I feel bad that I didn't push you to embrace it and keep that name. So we did that run on TV. We've been friends, friends with her mother. And just, you know, Amara had so much success, of course, on Love and, and Hip Hop, on the reality show. And she's just a great storyteller. Every time she comes onto the show here, she just connects and the vibe and people and and she's just a beautiful representation of an Afro-Latina. She embodies a strong voice that is unrelenting and she's so comfortable in her skin. I, you got to get more out there and just speak your mind. So I think this was just a natural fit, a great fit to have Amara La Negra have her own podcast. Yeah, it's awesome. Makes sense. She's been awesome. So let me close on your shows. I mean, I think... I want to make sure people understand you were doing podcasting prior to my cultura. You had launched a show called Hola, My Name Is, which is this beautiful interview show where you chat sort of longer form and unrestricted in podcast form, great interviews. And you're going to use that same sort of stage, if you will, inside my cultura to launch a tight six part series coming up soon called SOS Cuba. First of all, maybe just give us a little bit of your background vis-a-vis Cuba. Family from there, originally from Spain. Maybe just walk us through what's the story. Yeah, all my family's from Cuba. My grandparents, both of my parents. Again, I'm lucky to have been born in this awesome country thanks to, you know, because they opened their arms to my immigrating family and so many other Cubans. But it's been bittersweet to see you know, and hear the stories and the struggles of my grandparents and parents and to live here in a democracy and heartbreaking to hear the 63 years of dictatorship on the island and that my parents and grandparents were never able to vote on a free mm. uh, and independent, independent Cuba. And now my grandparents are passing away and they have not ever been able to return, you know, to see their homeland free. So it's almost like a life mission, I think. And the right thing to do as a Cuban-American with a platform that privileged, I would say I'm privileged, right? That I live in a democracy and that I know how democracy works. That's the only thing I know, right? Because that's the only system of government that I've lived my entire life, would be blessed to have lived under my entire life. It would be irresponsible for me not to see bad things happening 
and to see my grandparents passing and that their homeland is is not free and to see the uprising that we saw on July 11th in the island and not do something for it. So yeah, you know, anything we can do, you know, I did an open letter to President Biden and as a result of that, I've been invited now in times of COVID, of course, to various Zoom meetings with the White House uh, where policy is, is being discussed and how we can further help the Cuban people, you know, give them support so that they can continue fighting for their freedom. And now having all these conversations and interviews and such, you know, he said, wow, you know, this what a great opportunity to be able to do SOS Cuba podcast with a very good friend, fellow Cuban-American, Jose Diaz-Balart, very well respected uh, journalist on uh, Telemundo and of course NBC who has just now started a new project with MSNBC as well and sit down and talk with, you know, political prisoners sit down and talk with very interesting one of the it's a six episode series right and one of the episodes i'm most proud of is the discrimination that exists for the blacks cuban blacks afro-cubans and for the lgbtq plus community because these are the two of the groups of people in cuba that are probably the most discriminated and that are actually some of the loudest voices in this fight in the struggle so to be able to talk with cubans that live in the podcast, SOS Cuba, you will hear and be able to watch as well because we recorded all of this fascinating conversations with political prisoners. There's a trans woman that we interviewed that lives in Cuba and everything that she's gone through and how she was able to leave Cuba once to Russia. And she was actually in a Russian jail. They got her into like a prostitution ring and then shipped back to Cuba. And I say shipped back like if, like if it were cattle or something, you know. Yeah. And that this is happening in modern times. It's been fascinating. I've learned a lot. I've learned so much. And I hope that others will also learn about the, the struggle of the Cuban people. There's a lot of like a romance story, right? With Cuba and revolution and the Che Guevara. And a lot of people think that, you know, there were such great people. They weren't. They were very bad people. And they assassinated a lot of people. And there's a lot of people that are still till today living a real life genocide because of those horrible decisions that they made in the past. And the Cuban people are hungry. The Cuban people are dying. COVID is just out of hand. The repression, just for thinking different or suggesting a change in Cuba will can bring you time in prison. And in Cuban prisons, it's not secret. People are tortured. They're experimented on with different medications and, and things. They use electricity to torture people. This has been said. And, you know, there's evidence of, of this. I'm not making it up. So to ignore this is happening on this day and age and the people in the world is not making a bigger deal about it bothers me. It's an incredible series that you've put together on it. And I think if one thing, it like you said, I think we maybe have this sort of iconic, oversimplistic view of Cuban history, the Fidel Castro's, the Che Guevara's, these huge, larger than life, almost caricatures and if anything, the series anchors this all in very individual people, in people's stories that makes it a little harder to oversimplify. It makes it very, it humanizes it to put it very simply, but it's a beautiful series. Listen, man, I cannot thank you enough for taking a half hour to talk to us today. What we've done with My Cultura and launching a new network, I think to support and grow much faster uh, Latinx creativity and podcasting is huge. We have a shot here at course correcting a whole medium early and i think we're on our way so i deeply appreciate the partnership and thanks for hanging out with us thank you brother you're a very smart guy probably one of the smartest people that i know and i'm extremely proud to to grow this network alongside you connell thank you very much and you know you have not a half hour or two hours three hours all the time that you need from me thank you everybody thanks for listening today really do appreciate it we will see you next time be well be safe take care my cultura podcast network gracias
Podversations is a production of iHeartRadio. You can find more from the biggest names in podcasting on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.